0: Hey everyone, welcome back to the Retro Break podcast. Today we have another very special guest on the episode with us. This is Studio Loading, the game designer and developer of the amazing
1: Game Boy Homebrew game, Flying Arrows. Hello, hello. I'm Studio Loading, a.k.a. Francesco Bacelli from Italy. In uh, 2022, uh, I reached the goal for my first Kickstarter campaign on uh, um, Game Boy Video Game, new homebrew game. Congratulations on the successful Kickstarter. Thank you very much. Yes, this is my my biggest thing up to now.
0: Yeah, we'll be covering that in a bit more detail a bit later on. Let's first begin with maybe your software development journey considering that this is a game that's made in GBDK.
1: Of course, of course. Uh, I degree I have a degree in a uh, bachelor degree in IT and I did it in back in 2012. I st- I started in software development for big companies. Right, yeah. right in the beginning. Right. Uh, I did some e-commerce back in the days for two or three years. Then, uh, I moved and, uh, I changed my, my domain, but still, mm. uh, in, uh, in the workday, I use the Java language, but during the night. I use C language, pure pure C, not C plus not C sharp. Had you ever used C before that? Yeah, uh, when I was in high school, uh, when I was 15 and 16, our teacher taught us the C and also the assembly. I was quite good in assembly, but I decided not to not mm. to go there. You haven't been tempted to try assembly language Game Boy programming? Yes, yes, but you know, I thought that uh, just for for moving a, a little ball and and make it make it bounce from the borders on the borders it would be it would meant like three or four months of work you know yeah so the c language is faster
0: yeah that makes sense and you've been using zgb as well which is kind of a layer on top of gbdk yes isn't it? it is do you want to explain a bit about how that helps with the process
1: yes Actually, uh, I ended the Cobra Kai fun game development Mm -hmm. in 2019, December 2019. Um, I discovered the ZGB. Uh, I've never worked with GBDK, so I opened the GitHub. I spent like one hour with that, with the installments, with the the, the environment variable, with sprite sprite editing tools. Yeah. And in one hour, I had my first uh, sprite moving and obeying my order, my yeah. input. It's exciting,
0: isn't it? it when you very... get when you get that
1: first yeah. spark of an actual game, it's exciting. yeah, that that, that was not my my first game actually, but uh, i I was very I was very excited for the little time I spent to obtain that goal, to obtain uh, yes. my sprite moving. And this is the start of my journey. I had the skills for the C language. Um, I had the, um, pixel art skills because I did, as said, the Cobra Kai video game published in Mm -hmm. Indie Expo. I studied a lot of game design in books and a little bit of sound engine also because my goal was to be a one man band. Yeah and going straight to the Game Boy. How did you
0: decide from the beginning that you wanted to make a game for
1: the yeah, Game Boy? I've uh, always wanted it to be the the hobby of my life mm-hmm. because mm, I thought, well, I think I've played all the game that the world can give me. <laughs> so I started as a six years old boy with my Game Boy. So that is my first console ever.
0: Oh, fantastic! Uh,
1: so I followed the Game Boy, the NES, the Super Nintendo, the PlayStation One, and the PlayStation Two. I played all of them. Yeah. Um, I'm interested in the newest games that that comes up in in the newest consoles, but I'm not able to to see some something something really different, something really original that's not. A copy of something else that was made in the past yeah i have like i have the same issue not, honestly but it, it's it's a problem of mine i mean i know these are extremely different experiences yeah because of the resolutions because of the the audio quality but i'm not able to to to, to be um to be in love with them yeah
0: yeah maybe it's because so, there isn't that can... sort of hook to hook you into a game like Like with your game, it's a very simple game, but it's got one core mechanic. You fire the arrow, you can jump on the arrow, you know, swing across the level using it. It's just, yeah, it's a really clever little simple idea. How did you come up with that idea as your concept for the game?
1: Um, Actually, it was something like an experiment, Mm. you know, because I was actually doing a moving platform. I did the the sprite platform moving from left to right. From right to left, from left to right, like a ping pong, you know? Yeah. So, uh, to implement this mechanic, so the, the, my character jumps over it and he's had to stay hooked on it, moving according to. Mm-hmm. Um, I wrote something like six or seven lines of code. And then I thought, well, now I copy these lines paste it on the code of my arrow and see what happens. And then you found out you could stand on it and it would
0: move back and forth. Excellent. It was kind of an accident, but it worked out really well. It wasn't planned. No, 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 no. It wasn't
1: planned. It was planned at
0: all. So what were your plans in the beginning then when you first decided to start making a game? Was it just a 2D platformer and
1: see where you wanted to take it from there? Yes, I I am actually uh, in love with Turrican. You know the, the 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 actually the Game Boy title, the Game Boy version, because back in the day, uh, I didn't yeah. know that was a super cool to on the Amiga, NES, etc. I had just this. It's actually and... a really good version on the Game Boy. Yes, yeah. yeah, and it was surprisingly good. Super hard for me. It's super hard for yeah. me but when I was a kid, and actually even today, uh, I've I, I've not finished it yet. I'm not able to do it. it. It's too hard for me, even now that I'm 35 years old. And uh, I want to get closer to that, but with my own world, with my own rules, in my own lore, you know?
0: Yeah, that's interesting. I can kind of see the Turrican like, elements in your game. What were some of your other favorite Game Boy games growing up then, or ones that you found out a bit later on in life that you really enjoyed on the system? Yes. Um,
1: well, the the Tetris and the Turrican are actually... Oh, of course, Tetris. Classic. Yes. It, 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 it's a, perfect, it, it, it's a yeah. perfect game. It's just perfect. Why the Game Boy? In 2000, 2020, um, I decided to approach the game development in a
0: more serious way. Okay. Was that to do with lockdown? Did you have more time to
1: dedicate to it? That was a lot, a lot of luck to me having so much more time to to spend on it. Um, I, I looked at um, a lot of Kickstarter campaign about Homebrew, and mm. I saw that for the Game Boy, there was quite a few, and a lot of them just failed.
0: Yeah, around 2020, I'm... there was quite a lot starting yes. to emerge, wasn't there, at
1: that point? I watched the NES Homebrew scene yeah. because I had to decide going to nes development or going to Game Boy development mm-hmm. the nes had a higher quality i was a newbie i was a junior let's say so i knew that to, to get there i had to i had a very long way to um compete yeah to get to the same level I, yes yes yeah. yes i had to do my own path i had to go in a, in the easier path that was the Game Boy.
0: And here we are. Yeah, that makes sense. How do you feel about the Game Boy scene now a few years on? Do you think it's is it different to how it was in 2020? Have you seen an improvement in the sort of homebrew games yes. that are coming out for
1: it? Yes, I I saw that, but maybe maybe it's because of the GB Studio engine.
0: Maybe. I mean it's it's definitely I broadens the access to making a game boy game to a lot more people
1: yes and we know that g rpg uh, mini mini puzzle games will always work will always sell yep. good and will also will always uh look good
0: yeah i mean with the rpgs oh. they're always sort of playing off the back of pokemon a little bit when you see something oh it's like pokemon for the game boy and you've
1: got that instant oh, connection to it. Oh, about that, yes, yes, about that. The uh, I entered in contact with uh, yeah. the the uh, Dragonborn. It was it was called the the video game for the Game Boy that back in those years was coming out.
0: Yeah, very good early early release with Game Boy Studio, very
1: impressive. Yes, Chris, what's his name? It's Chris. Something I cannot. Remember. I'm sorry, Chris. If you listen to me now, please butt. Baseball. Yes, 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 yes. Um I I got in touch with him. And um and I received my first my first bad review, actually. Oh,
0: okay. So your game was already playable back then and
1: Yes, it was quite a prototype, yeah. not a demo, and not a demo at all.
0: And he a played your game of... and didn't really think that highly of it, is that is that what you're saying there?
1: Yes. Okay. But uh he gave me some advices what
0: was your game like back then then and what sort of feedback did he give you in the beginning my pixel
1: art was messy it had too much stuff mm. on uh, on screen and it was difficult to understand where the character was what was the yeah. the environment and even the the uh, hud was confusing and it was true. So Again, you learned from exactly. that. You improved your
0: sprite work. Was there anything about the gameplay that you changed?
1: No, the game mechanics were quite the same. It was just the art that had to be yeah. had to be improved. So I uh, redraw the principal character, the, the one you you play, and I redraw the all the levels. Started from scratch because I needed a a full reskin of the game, and it worked very good.
0: Yeah, the final game—it's really easy to see what's going on. So, it was good yes. that you got that feedback because it definitely helped. Yes, very good. Big shout out
1: to Spacebot. I—I I know it—it's—it's it's out there. Uh, Dragonborn DX. Nick, can you can you please tell me and explain me what DX
0: mean? So, back in the day on the Game Boy Color, there was like DX versions mm. of games, and it kind of stood for the word deluxe. Like it was adding color to the games, like. There's Link's Awakening DX, which is like a deluxe color version of the original Link's Awakening. A more recent example, Tobu Tobu Girl, and then Tobu Tobu Girl DX, which added color to it. So it basically just means like improved with color in terms of games anyway. Okay. But yeah. So Dragonborn okay. DX okay. is kind of playing off that old style of naming the games for yes. the Game Boy Color. Yes. Totally. Which is nice. Very nice. Was there, actually, talking about color, was there a reason why you chose to go for black and white? instead of going for the Game Boy Color? Were you just more nostalgic about oh, the original Game Boy?
1: You have the, the demo version in your
0: hand. I don't have the actual version.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. Yes. Uh, <laughs> the actual ver- You can see the actual version um, in the Kickstarter campaign. Yeah, And this is the final one. So, ooh, uh, maybe the light is not good, but the, the cartridge is actually black. So black, everyone, eyes up. Uh, The black cartridge means color compatible. So if you play it on the Game Boy Color, you see colors. If you play it on the DMG, it plays just the same, but without color because it's a DMG.
0: That's good. I'm really glad that you did match the, the original style of the cartridge as well. I was having that discussion the other day saying that some homebrew developers don't adhere to that. The black cartridge means that it runs on both systems. Or the fact that the clear ones should only run on the Game Boy Color as well, so it's good that you that you took that into consideration. Let's move on to the Kickstarter, because that'll be really interesting to get into. How long after you'd been working on the game did you decide that you wanted to, wanted to set up a Kickstarter and, you know, try and raise funds for the production of it? Uh, it took me
1: seven, eight months, and then and i decided to do it in a crowdfunding way because a real gameboy game exists if it is flashed on a cartridge the kickstarter could give me the visibility that i needed because i was mr no one this is the is this is the reason why and i had nothing to lose so if the kickstarter
2: goes good Okay, if the Kickstarter wouldn't go good, okay. I was nobody before, I
0: keep being nobody. And it's experience, either way. You'd learn something from
1: it. Yeah, a lot. Um yeah. deciding just by just by myself the Kickstarter campaign and the perks and the uh and the costs and the money, mm. I had to going like quite around the world because the <laughs> the uh, pcbs like come from australia uh the cartridge the black cartridges comes from retromodding.net or dot com i cannot remember yeah, um they're in the, canada aren't they uh the the label uh actually in italian an italian pixar printing the boxes comes from here and the carton you know the the, yeah. the the inside the boxes comes from. I think this is AliExpress because it's really, really quality so. So, it's so the Kickstarter
0: oh. allowed you to gather all these things to build your own proper physical version.
1: And I set my and I set the costs um, to produce and ship one hundred yeah. copies. So okay. Uh, it did. It did good. So the production was was a mandatory to be started. Yeah,
0: that's great. Do you have any advice for anyone thinking of starting a Kickstarter
1: for their own games? Of course, of course. Copy my campaign (laughs) one-on-one yeah actually um
0: i mean know... i'm sure you got inspiration from ones that had come before you as well so yes of course my mean, that's, inspiration... that's
1: you do yes let, let, let's let talk about it my inspiration yeah, sure. was the the tiny little bunny that just doesn't stop to jump uh, oh,
0: oh. Planet, hub. planet hub
1: planet hub yes yeah
0: Yeah. it still hasn't come out yet but i'm looking forward to it doesn't no not yet It's it's not out i it's... don't think so there's only a demo, as far as I'm aware. That was my inspiration, and and
1: I did before. <laughs> you, yep, you've beaten them. <laughs> you've beaten them to release. Uh, the 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 man was actually very kind to me because I sent him uh, two or three private messages on Kickstarter, and uh, yeah. he answered me. Very, it was he was very very nice. Oh, fantastic! So uh, I saw that. Well, first thing. His campaign reached the goal, so yeah, that campaign he knew it was good, worked all right, yeah um, so he had the pictures of mocked objects, the mocked perks, mm-hmm. he had some g- animated gifs on for the gameplay, I mean um and in in the first image of the campaign, it was all that the campaign was talking about. So it it was not just the logo or uh, just a dead
2: picture it had a lot of things i did something different because if you see my campaign the first
1: images are just the perks so image of the box image of the cartridge logo of the game and then the lore and the explanation of the campaign so first thing uh, do a picture of what your clients are going to buy you there is a risk in here in this situation because you are selling something you have not yet in your hands something that doesn't actually exist
0: yeah yes
1: so the mock images had to be very accurate Mm -hmm. and you take the responsibility to produce something um as similar as possible to that if you see the initial credits of my game, Flying Heroes, you see a credit of Comuneco that is actually a friend of mine. She's called Alessia. And she helped, helped me a lot with the mock files, with the mock images, with the logo and with the cover art. Because I'm a software developer, I'm not able to draw.
0: Yeah. I was I was going to ask really? how you made those mock ups for the box and the cartridge because they look they look really professional. A piece of advice there for anyone. If there's anything that you don't feel uncomfortable doing, then you know, try and find a friend or hire someone to make that for you yes. just to make it look more professional. Definitely helps. Totally.
1: Yeah. Well, about hiring. Mm. About hiring. Um the sound was actually a problem. Okay because if you decide to write something for the game boy you have to do uh, something like a midi file that's not actually midi um i was moved to produce some mod files Yeah, you can find free mod files for the amiga even the amiga used to to run the dot mod files but i needed someone who was able to write my music in the Game Boy. so back in uh, when i was 18 or 20 i had a hard rock band i was the drummer okay uh, we actually wrote eight or nine songs but we had no singer so the songs we wrote were very structured with the intro, the stave with the precorus, the chorus, the outro, etc. So very, very structured and ready, but no voice. Oh come on, that's perfect for a Game Boy. That's perfect for a, for a video game. <laughs> so all of those became my background music.
0: Uh, Okay, so they they existed already as real songs and you translated those into the Game Boy. That was
1: exactly my point, not me. Uh, I met a a guy that is actually a musician Mm -hmm. and uh, he was able to translate my tablatures into something Game Boy. Yes, the result was very good. What I did my own uh about the the sound design was the um, sound effects so sound effects yes they are all
0: mine so talk a little bit about the um level layouts then and the sort of what did you learn from research in game design that you
1: implemented in this uh the the most important thing has been the balance between frustration yeah and satisfaction. Yeah, it's a really difficult balance. Um I was going to to
2: send you um the books I started on to to learn the theory for a good game design.
0: That would be interesting. I can include them in
1: in the description on
0: the podcast as well.
1: Please do that. What I started on books books about game design. So very well written they are kind of uh, classics in game design literature okay
0: fantastic so yeah for those of you who are listening the two books are called uh, pixel art for game developers and 2d graphics programming for games and i'll have links to both of those in the description if you want to go and check those out after they sound like really good resources and i know i keep telling you all the time but i am I am tempted to make my own game one day, so maybe I'll actually buy them for myself.
1: Come on, no one's going to beat you.
0: How many times have I told you, I'm going to make a Game Boy game exactly. one day? <laughs> one day? I didn't say what day or what year. 22. It's 22, yeah. 22 times. Maybe. This is the, the 23rd time, actually.
1: I hear it from you. <laughs> anyway, one day it will come true, I promise. Um, about the the, the study, About the studies I did, I watched a lot, like a lot of angry video game nerds, you know, you know, him, you know him <laughs> okay. nerd- that's yeah. an
0: interesting place to study from. I know of him. Yes.
1: Uh, <clears throat> what did you learn from that then? I think he used the, the empathy, the, the, the vulgarities, the, you know, he, his way of moving and dirty talks, but yeah. he always actually had a point.
0: Okay, so you could kind of tell what made a game bad or what made a game frustrating? Yes. And try to avoid that. Okay, interesting. I've never heard anyone say they got inspiration from AVGN before, (laughs) so that's a new one.
1: (laughs) Yes, yes, very much, actually.
0: Very much. Wow, that's cool. Actually, going a bit off topic, when I started my YouTube channel back in 2007, it actually began as an angry video game nerd ripoff. I know. Way back in the day. I know. But you
2: see, <laughs>
1: you are too a good man to read that. Yeah, title.
2: I
0: can't I can't I can't do the angry gamer. It just doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> I'm too happy. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. But uh he, yeah. he actually is still doing millions of views even if he yeah. publish even if he publishes uh like one video per month or one video per two or three months still in seven days one million views reached it's it's uh... oh, it's insane
0: did you learn anything from any other youtube channels because there are a lot of game dev channels out there i wonder if you watched any of those
1: oh gamesack
0: yeah gamesack's great back on to some of your projects do you have any plans for a sequel now that you've got a successful game already of launched
1: course. Of course. You know, I talk, uh, um, you know, I speak to you about Comuneco. She is actually yeah. part of this association. Bologna Nerd Park is a non-lucrative retro game and table game association based in, in Bologna. Uh, I I belong, let's say, I belong to them. So uh, I used to, 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 to go there like once or twice a week to get my inspiration we are actually a group of young adults so we join together in the real world uh, in this big garage in bologna city so we keep the place open to the public like three times a week and mainly by evening night because most of us have a daily job to do you know Uh, our main goal is actually to enjoy a real life community playing together and having fun we play arcades Uh, real hardware retro consoles from the commodore 64 to the ps5 so there are monthly monthly table game tournaments role playing table games 3d printing and even a game boy
0: programming course oh fantastic that sounds like a really really good thing for the community as well to get everyone together in person that's really cool. guess who's who's the teacher could be hmm so, in a, <laughs> in a few years' time, expect a lot more Game Boy Kickstarters coming from Italy. <laughs> I hope so.
2: Yeah.
1: So, um, but part actually is in great danger uh, because we do not own the building and our garage is going on auction. So, very soon, it's June 23, we can lose it all. Lose it all means, like, uh, starting... Uh, from a new place moving all the stuff from a place to another one it would be very messy and maybe a new beginning but it would be very hard to to accomplish so um the president of the association asked us to try to win yeah okay so we so going to try and get some money together
0: yes yeah okay well good luck fingers
1: crossed uh, so, Bologna nerd actually is a place full of nerds, you know. And have you ever tried to uh, ask a nerd to play your Game Boy game? <laughs> have you ever tried to uh, talk uh, talk to a nerd about game design or retro games in general? Of course. Yeah. And it's it's the like core business. It's the the, the main the main topic. Right? Sure. So Bologna Nerd and Studio Loading are going to um, develop together the Flying Heroes 2. Ah, fantastic. So this one's going to be more of a group effort. Yes. Yes, still. um, I keep my Studio Loading account. I keep the responsibility uh, through all the pipeline production. I took hold the bad stuff that can happen. But this is my only way to help Bologna Nerd as I can. How is it working with a
0: group of people rather than working on your own? Are you finding that challenging? Or do you think it's actually
1: better doing it that way? Well, um, I'm the only one developer. So who's coding the game is just me. And I do not want anybody else to do that. The useful part are the, 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 the lore suggestions, the game design suggestions, mm-hmm. the test sessions that we play yeah, together that's, that's on real game. hardware, of course. Yes, uh, you know, fortunately with the tools I'm using, uh, the, the crashes I get through emulation, I get those even on real hardware. Yes, on emulator mm-hmm. I'm able to debug. But um, this is a very, a very good, a very good thing. Um, a
2: yep, suggestion
1: for our Game Boy developers here listening, um, push yourself to give your game in hands of a friend, a tester, someone else different from you because yeah. you are not able to see what the game really looks like ask not for help but for opinions is it good is it bad and you need to watch your friends yeah. in the eyes playing your game you it's really interesting
0: watching someone else and play something that happened. you know so well because You've obviously played the game hundreds of times already. You know the level layouts off by heart. You know when the enemies are going to appear. You know exactly what order to do things in. You give it to someone who's never experienced it before, and they do things that you didn't even consider would would actually happen. So it is very it is very important to get outside
1: opinions on everything you do. And to cover to cover this part, I went to fairs. So uh, they turned mm-hmm. on my super nintendo on my crt that i brought from home and played my game so i i didn't care what they were playing what uh, where were they i just cared about their faces and their expression and how and if they were excited or that's
0: really good. That's a, that's a really good way. That's a really good way of, of developing. So yeah, anyone who's watching, definitely recommend you try and attend some events and actually show off your game in person and gather feedback and reactions from people. That's a great piece of advice.
1: Actually, I learned it by reading the um, a, a classic of the, I think, web design literature and UX experience in general uh it was called don't make me think i cannot remember the author i'm sorry but the don't make me think book okay yeah if you can send me a link to that, the key be to I can have that in the process. description too so uh to to help to help bologna this is my way um so bologna nerd is going to help me with
2: test lore and game design in general the art So a new cover, a new logo, of course. And uh, also we will have, uh, you know, the super perk of that every Kickstarter campaign got to have. Um, As I said, the Bologna Nerd, we in Bologna Nerd used to play also table games, right? So in Flying Heroes 2, you will be able to go to the inn of the X zoo city. And if you know, you know. And you are going to have a new experience. You have to play a little table game in the inn in the video okay, game. OK, interesting. Uh, it's called Tetra. And you will be able to play a simple version in the
1: video game, but you will also be able to play and buy the real Tetra version as a real table game. Okay, cool. And
0: will that be part of one of the Kickstarter rewards to get that physical version of the board game as well? Exactly. Interesting. Exactly. That's cool. So you're. You're designing the board game and the video game at the same time,
1: then. Alberto Strade has designed this tetra table game during a global game jam. I think in 2021. Okay. Uh, the game, the game was good. The game is played in fairs, and uh, um, he arranged to improve it, to improve the quality and all so he's actually ready and we all are able to play a tetra game on our nights yeah. it it just need to be a, a real version we have in in our hands just the prototype of it but for the Flying arrows 2, the game will be the rules are very clear and are all and are already decided, so the game works good. We just can't wait for you to,
0: to play it. Yeah. Have you started programming that into the Game Boy? Yes. Ah, it I did. Was that was it difficult to take a physical game concept and turn that into a video game? <clears throat> One day with
1: Alberto, we decided to to hang out. And uh, to take two hours, just you and me, talking about Tetra and how it can be simplified to fit in a Game Boy.
0: Yeah, I mean, there was probably a lot you had to cut down to make it work in the screen space that you've got as well.
1: I I can imagine that would be an issue. Yes, of course. Um, And it was actually hard to give the same feelings. Yeah. But we reached out to do that. So the rules are on my to-do.txt file. Mm -hmm. (laughs) A very long
0: text file. (laughs) I know the feeling.
2: Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Well, good luck to you. Thank you. Uh, Thank you very much. The Kickstarter is is not actually, it's not even started. It's not even in, in pre-launch. Yeah, but you are yes. you are planning one. Night. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I, I write it down a bit, and uh, I think tomorrow night I'm going to Bologna Nord and write down the campaign page. Um, I have actually another tip for the developer here listening: produce the prototype or the demo of your game if you want want to sell it in some way if you want to kickstart it in some way and uh, let the people play your game your demo game for free it's very important here in 2023 Uh, we have not we have not nintendo power anymore we have the internet (laughs) and uh, mm, this is a mandatory point so if you want for someone to play your game you have to publish a free demo first what about playing some Flying Arrows 2 prototype, Nick? Like, what
0: is Let's do it. Did you hear that, everyone? World premiere, Flying Arrows 2.
2: Yeah.
0: Sure, send me the ROM. Let's give this a go. I, build,
1: I built it last night. Last night, 10 p.m. Oh, how exciting.
0: So anyone listening to this, hop on over to the YouTube version of this podcast, and you'll be able to see the game in action for the first time ever. Okay, let's go. Flying Arrows 2. Okay, so right off the bat, it's very different. We've actually got an overhead walking around section, like you were saying, like Zelda 2. Oh, wow, fantastic. And then we've also got Zelda 2-style actually side-scrolling through the village sort of scene as well. I'm presuming later on there's going to be NPCs
1: all Some right
0: amazing things to of to encounter in these areas
1: well um the demo of the game will have mainly no harm zones there will there will be a mine
0: let's go in here let's see what's in well, this cave just
1: placeholders <laughs> nothing nothing there uh, nothing. no not here can go back and go north
0: i like the fact that you've expanded the scope of it in the sequel having the overworld map really makes it feel like a bigger adventure as well let's try in here and
1: please nick tell me um do you feel that this art is an evolution of the prequel do you the, the link Yeah, the sprites are bigger the which, two is,
0: which is the most obvious thing the main character feels more sub- substantial compared to the first game Um, yeah so that is an improvement I mean, obviously good. the background um, tiles need some work whoa snake select press select you have the money selected Oh there we go. We do have arrows. I was wondering where the arrows were. Can you still stand on them? Yes.
1: Um you have not actually uh um the the these lower arrow.
0: No, I can't not I can't sure, get back on it. Not yet. Right. What was that then? A web. A spider web. There he is. Killing spider. And you dropped a
1: heart. Cool. Uh hmm. I suggest you to hit the spider web. Oh, okay, cool. So
0: you've got to sort of struggle (laughs) to get free from the web. Nice. I like that. Come on, hit me again. Yes. Oh, Um, no. (laughs) Let's see what's in here. Nothing yet.
2: Oh, not
0: yet. I found some placeholder background tiles, I think. (laughs) Yes, it is.
1: Um it, 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 it it's not exactly a shop. It's something This is the hospital. Yeah. Uh in the in the northwest of the map, there's another cave. Okay. And it it's actually the old mine. The old mine. Yes, I, I've not done it yet, but I have it in my mind. I think the the homebrew scene
0: needs i'm gonna die to... uh, yes am i gonna fall I'm forever gonna now disappear
1: <laughs> forever right okay. to uh,
2: like uh restart.
1: down and start a button okay i'll just press restart okay it's fine it's very fun i remember in my childhood the best mine level of my life what's yours it's got to be donkey kong country right correct
0: yes i thought so minecart madness Oh, as
1: another advice of the game development, I prefer to
2: do the hardest things first. So I design my game in a, like,
1: doc file, like a .txt file. So I have to, to uh, or just paper and pen. This time I actually did pen and paper.
2: Uh, for
0: Okay, so you actually drew drew
1: the idea for this overhead yes, map with my on paper yes, with my pen with my pilot or pilot yeah i don't know how you pronounce it pen and uh, um so first clear this and then implement the hardest part of the demo you want to give to the people yeah so as you see the, wow. the, the pixel app is not the hardest part for me as a developer as a, a c programming language developer the the hardest part is the code so the game mechanics the the jump in your platform game if you in Game Boy developer listener are going to do a platform game spend 40 50 hours tuning your jump yeah. action
0: that's that's a good piece of advice as well because i've played well i don't want to really you know complain about other games but there's a lot of game boy studio games that use the default platformer engine and you can tell straight away that they haven't fine-tuned it and uh, (laughs) if you walk on it (laughs) goodbye (laughs) i've gone i got past the exit (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) okay we've got We've got different types of arrows as well. I just I just realized
1: that. Yes. By pressing select. Exactly. This is another something that I, I took from the flying arrows one. The the yeah. possibility to change your type of attack, so your arrow, while you run, because you can play select with your Yeah, right that's that's thumb. good. So you can move around and change it at the same yes. time. Yeah. So you move your character left or right with the direction pad which you, which um, your left thumb will be used and you can yep. press select with your right thumb so you're going to run and while running change your weapon to me it's something that works perfectly but in every game not, not just in, in flying arrows here yeah. we are not uh, we have not talked about who is the character this time, and we are not going
0: to say it. Uh, I was going to say it's different. Is that is that uh, something you're keeping a secret for the Kickstarter?
2: Yes, yes.
1: On the Kickstarter, yes, I okay. will show it all. I will show the animated gifs uh, on HIO. There will be oh, error on HIO. There will be a free demo. Oh, was it not meant to do that? No. Uh, <laughs> the free demo will be as said free on each i o just in the same time that the kickstarter will get pre-launched fantastic
0: well i think that's everything in this version of the game that i can show off but thank you so much for letting me play this and have a little bit of a sneak peek as to what's to come thank
1: you thank you nick for your feedbacks but yeah thank you so much for coming on the podcast no thank you nick i'm going to keep bothering you on twitter with my Answers with my retweet and with my comments on your YouTube video. I'm going to keep trolling you and and all the developers out there.
0: No, I appreciate
1: it. I appreciate
0: the support, and you know I'm here to support you guys as well as developers. So all the best with your development journey, and please keep everyone in the loop. Thank you so much
1: for coming on the show as well. Thank you, Nick. Um, I'm going to. You are going to be the first one that will know the exact date of the pre-launch campaign for my Kickstarter. So let's support Bologna Nerd
2: as much as we can.
0: So thank you all so much for listening to that podcast. I really hope it was enjoyable and informative. I definitely had a lot of fun speaking to him. And now to play us out, here is one of the original tracks that he composed that was actually a special bonus on the original Kickstarter. So enjoy this track called the Misty Hills Orient Express.